This podcast you're about to listen to is a controlled experiment using trained intellectual monkeys. The following episode is one of the infinite debates these monkeys have had. Remember that these are the opinions of real monkeys and may not reflect the opinions of the highly trained human scientists in charge. And most importantly, no monkeys were harmed in the making of this podcast. Present are three infinite monkeys, Tail Gunner and Tyler, and this is Experiment 015, a discussion on cynicism and optimism. To take a baseline emotional reading, how is everyone doing today? You know, it's a new year. Does anyone have any yeah. New Year's resolution? Are you going to sling more poop? Are you going to sling less poop? Oh, totally. Uh, I don't really have many poop-related uh, resolutions, but definitely uh, exercise. I've like been running like crazy every day. Oh, really? Good for you. All man. week. That's it's, awesome. It's been, it's been pretty great. Wow. That must feel nice. So every single week for this entire year to make sure you don't bail out in February, I'm going to ask you, so Teo, how's the running going? Please do. Yeah. Yeah. The only I'll way to keep those resolutions it. is through other people's encouragement, probably. It helps. I Actually, it definitely helps, but I've found that like it's, it's way easier when you just put it on yourself, mm-hmm. when it's like... Internalized. <laughs> yeah. No external motivation. Just get out there and... Just like, I don't know, kill it yourself. <laughs> pretty much. We do not. I have, a, I have a pretty suicide. aggressive, I have a pretty aggressive attitude when it comes to exercise. You're getting aggressive with the running. Are you going to run a marathon? Uh, That's kind no. of like the pinnacle of running. Maybe. Right? Shoot. Maybe eventually. I, I, I do find that I, I get into a state where I feel like I could just like keep going forever. Really? You know, that's cool. It's just, yeah. But like what I'm doing is uh, I'm not like trying to cover a, a large distance or go at a fast pace. I'm just trying to keep running, <laughs> like s- just stay at a running pace and keep going. That's kind of the only thing in my head. Nice. And just enjoy the journey. to be enough. Yeah. Well, Vancouver is a very nice place to run in. Yeah. Acor- according to uh, a YouTube video, which had a citation. A single year citation, which I was happy with, but I wish there was more than one um, because you know how science sucks at repeat- repeatability. But I'm apparently breaking all New Year's psychology by asking you what your New Year's resolution or like the changes in your life you've made are. Because as Teo said, like it helps to just internalize it. Because apparently, if you um, if you tell other people your resolution, then you get an immediate dopamine reward because they <laughs> encourage you to do it and, and then your body's like yeah that's enough yeah yeah <laughs> right yeah, yeah, yeah i've already got my reward <laughs> yeah i could see, I that. see that i see that yeah yeah so it's, so fuck you for running tail that's not a good thing <laughs> <laughs> get rid of that dopamine. thank you <laughs> thank you 
I see what you're doing. Yeah, counterbalance. And I'm so. getting reward anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Gunner, how about your new year? Uh, my new year is really good. Uh, feeling optimistic about this coming year. Hopefully it's awesome. good. Are you optimistic about this podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Specifically this episode? Hopefully we get, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we get some, some listeners that enjoy our, our content and, and we can continue to, to make more in the future. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to is creating more. As of, right, as of right now, I'm very cynical about this episode. I think it's going to yeah. be shit. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Calling it now. All right. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Um, hmm. I don't really make specific ones. I'm pretty, like, non-committal when it comes to stuff like that. I'd say, like, yeah, be more positive. I will make, create more things for the world. Something like that. But I don't really have any years those resolutions. Yeah. I don't really buy so, into that whole thing. It seems arbitrary. So a general perspective. Yeah. You're just focused on, like, have, carrying a, a general attitude. Yeah, it's kind of like a... Creativity. a yeah, it's a it's a time to kind of reflect on on where you want to go. So rather than kind of making just resolutions, thinking about where I am and where I want to be, and kind of you know setting myself up to get into a mindset to get to where I want to get to, that's kind of a resolution, I guess. Cool. Yeah, New Year's just a time for reflection for me, if anything. Not big changes. I can't run because I have a bum leg. Fuck you, tail. Jealous. <laughs> How about you, Tyler? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm kind of on the same same lines of Gunner. Like, um, generally, what I tend to do is I don't really make your resolution. I just kind of, I don't really. At least I don't really frame them that way. I tend, tend, I tend to just say, "This is what I want to do this year, and this is the pace I want to set." So last year it was cool. uh, something simple, where it's just like. Uh, to take time for myself because um, I, I already work out pretty consistently. Um, I just wanted to draw a bit more. So I said something very basic where I said, I'm going to draw a picture every month. And I, by the end of the year, I think I got 11 out of 12 done. Um, I think I missed like June or something. Mm. Um, so I got 11 pictures out of 12 pictures done, which was not bad considering that 8% of resolutions, air quotations actually <laughs> happened for an entire year. Right. Um, is that what the success rate is going forward? 8%. Yeah, that's why I don't believe in them. Um, <laughs> but I think I, I think a lot of people like they, they 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 a lot of time they make they make resolutions that aren't concrete, like exercise more. Yeah, exactly. But that's mm -hmm. that's too exactly. Big. Like, are you going to go for a run for a day? Okay, then right. go for a run a day. But then but then it's like you also have to. It's like goal setting. It's like mm -hmm. how good you are at goal setting. Like, yeah. it has to be tangible um reasonable and so a lot of people are like i'm gonna go to the gym every day i'm like that's not really reasonable like yeah. how about three right. times a week start there how about one time a week yeah start and there i was gonna people. say even just once time yeah yeah you need the timeline you need um like concrete action like behaviors and actions that you want to do and like it yeah exactly it has to be really concrete and yeah for a goal to be achievable like yeah especially if you're trying to make a resolution work and and personally mm -hmm. i i like how i tend to hit things is I ramp it. Um, so like if I, if, if my, if my overall kind of abstract goal was to exercise more, it would be, you know what, F January, I'm going to go once a week, February, twice a week, mm -hmm. and then work right. it up. And then by the end of the year, I'll, or by say May, I'm doing five times a week. And yeah. that's all I, I don't even want more than that. Yeah. And then hopefully you kind of set, like, like you said, kind of stepwise goals 
that you can revisit monthly and not just like some one big goal that you set for the first of January and then just hopefully you have enough follow through to, to last the I like the idea of making monthly resolutions. I think that makes more sense than a, a yearly resolution. Yeah, because you, you get rewarded more often. Like so, anyway my my goal the, the, my goal this year is what my what I wanted my goal to be last year, um, which is I'm planning to create try to set time aside, um, which is going to be very interesting because this is kind of what I would consider my tentatively my busiest year. Um, just in terms of my degree right now, I have a bunch of oral tests that I have to take. Um, but my plan this year is to do a video every month. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to do nice. more than, more than every month. Like I would like to do biweekly, but again, start with a month, hit that and then increase it. I want to do that last year, but what I found was jumping straight from, uh, like for a lot of people who want to start like YouTube or whatever, um, they they generally go crazy like i want to do a video a week videos take a lot of time mm-hmm. yeah um, so last year it was start with some sort of artistic output that's easy drawing it's my own pace no one has to see it um and then happenstance we started uh this experiment in august ish um so then i got kind of that's the next step and so the next step is video stuff so mm-hmm. that's my plan once that's a, awesome once a month cool yeah. I kind of stole that from Gunner though, because I think he said that he texted us that he's like, "I'm going to do a video a month minimum or maximum." I think it was maximum was your statement, something like that. <laughs> I set limits. I don't set goals. Just You're don't, like, don't I, do any more than this. I'm, I'm, I'm never. I, <laughs> how Gunner, how Gunner uh, commits to things? I do not set minimums. I only set maximums, and my maximums are always very low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. That's a good way to approach things. I think. Seems kind of a kind of a similar goal for uh, in terms of like artistic output. I'm trying to um, do a a YouTube um, like weekly video thing, but it's not like a a high production thing. It's just me improvising on the piano, nice, um, and recording myself for like ten or twenty minutes and stringing together um, bits that are most interesting. Should throw that up on like uh, Instagram too. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, because there's I, just like minute-long really minute clips or like, hmm. fuck, what is this? TikTok and Musical.ly? Those are big ones nowadays. Kids are all into them. Yeah, um, a, a lot of people will use Instagram to be like, here's a 30-second clip of the most intense part of my mm-hmm. uh, song. And then like they'll cut <laughs> right before the freaking climax of it. And they'll be like, <laughs> now swipe more, off the yeah. seat on YouTube. <laughs> cool. I'll have to check out Instagram then. So you're, so you're planning to do a, a piano thing every week? That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 an achievable thing, right? Because like I play piano all the time, and I just have to record myself, and then the work is in, um, like really basic video editing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, so I'm, it's, yeah, it's it's pretty achievable. I'm over here being an untalented sloth, and I'm like, man, making a piano song every single week. That's that's, that's well, that's uh, improvisation. Well, it was like that, you know. Yeah, but 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 even still, like if I'm improving, like I want if I'm gonna post something and it sounds like crap. Yeah, it's you like, gotta and it's find like my four year old, like you know, uh, uh, C two where it's like C C sharp D, and I just kind of go that back and forth to yeah. make the Jaws theme. It's like <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm a. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that's like I want need to, if I want to give it show it to other people, I want it to at least sound good. And mm-hmm. like when I saw Teo do his thing, yeah. he posted his uh, 
it was like a dissonant track or something. You were using, yeah. you were using uh, odd uh, spacing, which made it sound very dissonant, and it kind of gave me like an interstellar vibe anyway. Cool. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was like, man, it took it, it took him at least four hours just to come up with that ditty. Was that was that like just on the spot off the top of your head? Yeah, I was improvising there, but I was I was playing with like the the main theme, you know, just for like an hour before that and warming up and stuff. So you cheated? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> How long have you played piano before? Uh, I started. Well, I mean, I took piano lessons when I was a kid for like four years and then quit, and then picked it up again when I was about eighteen and just kind of. Oh wow! And you still have the ear for it. I guess, yeah. I, I mean. I was, I was I was very similar where I started piano young, played it for four or five years. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can probably muddle my way through it, but I definitely cannot improv at all. Well, I, I, I couldn't improv at all when I was 18. Like, this is just, you know, I play on average a couple hours a week since I was 18. Oh, you know? nice. And, and, you know, sometimes I play a lot, sometimes I don't, and I've explored a lot. So, like, I've played a lot of piano. <laughs> But really, I can't sight read though. Like I can't read sheet music really and oh, play at the same time. That's so interesting. Like it, I, I just play on the piano, like just mess with my ideas and then write stuff on uh, my computer. Because um, the, the weird thing that I found is, a lo- uh, this is now the music podcast. Um, the weird thing I found was an uh, 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 observation I made because I've worked with a bunch of musically talented people. Um, over these last 10 years. And what I found was a lot of people who are musically talented cannot read sheet music, which is so weird to me because I'm the, I, I'm the exact opposite. Like, I think the only thing I got from my music lessons as a kid was I know how to read sheet music. I know cool. my scales. I know my, um, so I know if I'm playing something that these notes should go together, which I think is a limitation in my box. Cause like, you know, in, 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 in C, you should only play these notes, these seven notes, et cetera. Um, and uh, what I found was like, like, like people like Teo, who are very good at improv, cannot read sheet music. I'm just like, sit there, I'm like, you're so talented. You kind of sound like a young Elton John. Give yourself 30 years. And I'm just sitting and they're like, yeah, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. It just, sound, <laughs> it just sounds good. Um, so like there's times when like even, even Gunner, when you make your beats and I'm, and, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, I can hum what I know goes together, but it's very like, like I go through a whole entire method, methodology with I'm like, these notes sound good together. These are like your one and fifth or your one and third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want this note and then this note has to follow. Um, whereas you're just like Gunner's just like, yeah, I just, it just sounds good. I think what it is, is like, um, if you look at music theory and you learn that it's kind of like you introduce almost an unnecessary system and structure into, well, not looking at musical theory, but like sight reading and stuff like that. Um, you, you almost introduce like a structure that constrains you a little bit. And until you're really good with that structure, then you won't really be able to like, just do whatever. I've been really, right. yeah, I, I've yeah. been like really noticing, like I have no musical uh, knowledge, but just like playing a few chords and just for hours on end. And eventually like you'll, you'll improv something that sounds good and then you just repeat that. And yeah, no, that's, it's a, it's a different process when you don't have the, the theory behind it, I guess. It's interesting that relationship with theory because 
um, when you're learning it, it's a hindrance to your creativity because you're expanding the landscape in which you're creating, right? Mm -hmm. And and it's like if you just learn like this whole, like just learned about this whole new valley or this whole new area, you can't really play with it yet because you're still learning it. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you constrain the theory that you're working with, then it's way easier to play within it and create within it. It's like an exercise I like to do is to just, um, you know, okay, pick five notes or pick three notes and write a really nice piece with just those three notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, and 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 do that, uh, you know, in all sorts of ways. So you can like, pick one harmony or repeat the same melody in different rhythms or make the rhythm really simple. You know, you can, and, and then uh, create within that and. I, th I think with with regards to sight reading, like that that seems to be seems to involve a completely different skill set, I think, than creating music. Because if you're good at sight reading, then that means that you're really good at, um, uh, like presenting musical ideas. Um, well, I mean, I, I don't and like I, I don't know, like because like, couldn't anyone technically take their what they their melody and transpose it like it might take more time like you might take more time than i would to transpose it onto sheet music but like uh i i legitimately cannot it's very hard for me to create a melody that isn't that sounds correct because i because because like um like if i create something there is and i use it with perfect music theory there's like always like three notes mm. that are just off and they sound off, but I'm like music theory wise, this is the exact note that it should be. Hmm. Yeah. I've encountered that a few times. You just play with it. Yeah. Play with a little bit. Invert a note here, here, there. <laughs> I, uh, what I've, uh, the, the, the route I've taken is like, uh, since I started playing music again when I was 18 I've always been really unsatisfied with music theory <laughs> and like it's always seemed very uh, 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 dogmatic in a lot of ways <laughs> it's like you don't have to go very far until you get to um, the point where like you play these notes because it sounds good like yes there's theory and there's rationale for it but um, it's not that deep. It's not as deep as, as I'd like to, as I would like it to be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I've gone and like tried to make up my own theory. <laughs> Tail <Tail> music <laughs> theory. Pretty much. I, I'm not, I'm not getting, I'm actually working on that. Yeah. <laughs> at, at least on harmony. Anyway, segue, segueing into this optimism and cynicism, I will tell a very yeah. brief story of the last time that I made a music melody and it was the, and it was at one point the it was basically a uh, like like a jingle like a 30 second podcast jingle that i made and i think you guys have heard cool. at one point um and it legitimately took me i made the I, I made the overall jingle in about 40 like in like 40 minutes 30 minutes mm -hmm. um yeah. using like all 8-bit sounds and whatever but i remember that i remember there was one note that out of those 30 minutes, one note took me 20 minutes to find. What? And then, and then the issue was that that one note, um, was, uh, the one note that, that I was playing, uh, I kept having to move it around like a semitone, a semitone, a semitone. And what, the note that ended up like coming out at the end 
was completely off key but it sounded the best. And I was so angry that I said, I, I, I suck at making music. I'm not doing this. And then for the next five years, I'm like, I'm never going to make music. I'm just going to either produce those people's music or record it. And I'm not going to touch an instrument. And then I got so mad from note, like notation, um, that I'm like, screw guitar. There's notes. I hate notes. Screw piano. Can't, I can't, I, I can play it. Can't stand it. I can play guitar. Can't stand it. Um, bass guitar you know that's kind of okay because i kind of like just bass beats there's less notes there you only mm -hmm. have four strings um so i was so traumatized and about my musical ability that i quit all instruments and only played the drums from then on out no Thanks. no <laughs> well the drums are amazing so 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 now i only play the drums because there's no notes and so when everyone's like man drums are drums are so cool and and you know why is that your instrument i'm like well i like hitting things and uh there's no notes yeah cool yeah so well, there kind of is in a <clears throat> no. There's jazz. no no no. There's no notes. No, don't convince me. There's right. notes. I'll stop playing drums. There's no if, notes. If the, if the toms are <laughs> no tuned notes. correctly, no, there's there's no notes. Fifths, I'm pretty sure. No. Oh, okay. It's not this thing. It's just noise. <laughs> yes, yes, you can write uh, a, a drum beat on sheet music, um, <laughs> which implies there is notes, but no, that's just no, telling you the rhythm. There's actually no notes. <laughs> really, all you need to know is timing and then where it hits. Yeah. It's really just dashes. It should be, theoretically. The cat is meowing. So you too can find whatever instrument you like uh, just by uh, trying everything and then realizing whether or not you like notes or not. And if you don't like notes and you play the drums, you just get to annoy your parents forever. Until you move <laughs> out anyway. It's beautiful. Hammer that hi-hat. They don't have notes, right? That's just a hi-hat. This is a hi-hat. There's no, that's not a note. You can open it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, an, it's, an, it's, it's an open, open hi-hat or a closed hi-hat awesome so where are we starting on this journey tale this optimistic journey yeah well so this is going to be probably a, a one of the uh one of the tale philosophy <laughs> uh type of podcasts are we going to learn tale uh, music theory uh, that, that might be a later <laughs> podcast. <laughs> hey, teaches us the piano. That'd be fun. Yeah. I'd be down. Um, <laughs> no, they're gonna, we're gonna step away from music, uh, or at least, uh, yeah, step away from music and get into, uh, the realm of day-to-day -day life and our attitudes that we have and, and, and wield in our day-to-day -day lives. Um, I wanted to talk about two perspectives that uh, we tend to have. You know, you, you, you ask most people and they'll be able to place themselves on uh, the spectrum between these two perspectives. And these perspectives are uh, cynicism and optimism. So you're, you're likely to, um, you know, place yourself, you know, as either uh, a cynic or an optimist or somewhere in between there. They're uh, labels that we use all the time. And so, yeah, I wanted to talk talk a bit about them. Glass half full, half empty kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. These are pretty pretty perennial and constant things in our lives. So let's let's talk about them. And So it seems yeah. to me it's kind of like a, the, the general approach on how you look at life and how it kind of, what, <laughs> when life happens to you, how do you respond to it? Yeah, yeah yeah and and a thought that i had is that um you know w with any perspective you have blind spots right and so 
what is the what are the blind spots of being a cynic and what are the blind spots of being an optimist and what what you know what what pitfalls does that uh, do, do those perspective perspectives lead, lead us to yeah i definitely think um optimism definitely kind of blinds you to reality which is right. probably the most like obvious thing that stands out to me is optimists tend to just be like oh no the best thing's gonna happen and it's all gonna be okay when sometimes that's not gonna, like that's not the case sometimes shit's gonna hit the fan and, and your life's not gonna be the same ever again type of thing and i think that's that's a huge blind spot of of just like strict optimists that they tend to just ignore reality almost but m maybe the cynics are doing that too just they're ignoring that things can be good right yeah Tyler do you have anything to say I as I like to do a lot I like to take in when when, when I ask philosophical questions I, I especially like in this case where it's a personality I like thinking of the people I know and trying to just like frame the question first or in like who who I who I know and, and where they would kind of um, lie on the spectrum. And I'm still trying to processing that. Um, and, 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 and a couple, I'm trying to think of like, like can, can anyone fall on the spectrum? And I'm assuming the middle is neither or is it a little bit of both? Um, and, the, and, and the reason, and the reason, and the reason, um, why is because I know I know like a couple people who are um, very positive, but I don't mean positive in terms of optimism. I just mean they're 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 very positive people. Um, they always reflect an outwardly good mood. They are always um, congratulatory, um, and my 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 immediate thing was if you're if you're having those like outward feelings that you would be a optimist but i've realized that just because this person is reflecting these like positive vibes um that i actually don't know whether they're an optimist or a cynic a cynic mm. there's there's no way for me to actually mm -hmm. know and i which is just a weird observation for me um because what at least at least when these words come up what i what i what i generally hear is that if you're someone who has a positive view you're likely an optimist but you could also be like um someone who doesn't show like we you know whether it's they have their what their their cynic side which might be caused because of mental illness they just might be a cynic who likes putting out um positive vibes like um uh, like, for example, like if you have, if you're someone like a Robin Williams, generally you see his positivity everywhere. Um, but internally very cynical, um, because I, then that was a cause of his mental illness. Mm -hmm. Um, um, which is just kind of interesting, um, for me to realize whereby that optimism and, cynic, and, and cynics is usually an internal feeling and you don't actually know what other right. people are. Yeah, and you don't so, necessarily externalize it the same way, like whether a cynic might be very positive or, or whatever, they're not going to externalize everything the same way. So there seems to be a, a, an outward positivity and negativity. 
and an inward cynicism and uh, optimism. Yeah, it seems to me like that. that's mm. that's kind of the case. But I'm I'm kind of curious. So, like, what if someone kind of abstains from this, being like nihilists that we just think that nothing matters and there's there's no reason to be optimistic or cynical? And that, is that not cynicism? Is it though, or is it like a lack of being cynical? Because well, nihilists are literally like nothing matters. And and that's why I said earlier, like, is the middle that you're a bit of both, or are you neither? Because. Yeah. Um, I generally, if you get to know me, I'm a, I have a very indifferent personality. It's like, I'm not really expecting a positive outcome and I'm not expecting a negative outcome to any situation. I'm very, well, that outcome happened. Okay. <laughs> so I'd almost argue that it, the mid ground would kind of be neither because it seems to me the more optimistic you get, the less cynical you get. So as you go towards cynicism you're going to reduce both of those things right until you reach zero kind of like an upside down pyramid if you're looking at it at a graph right right and then so the intersection would be nihilists i wonder if there's a um if you can make a diamond so you have a positive pyramid stacked on top of a uh uh a uh what did I just say positive pyramid? Whatever. <laughs> positive pyramid and negative pyramid. Yeah. Um, where, uh, you know, the per if you're in the middle of the positive pyramid, then you're able to wield both in the right circumstances. Because one of my questions is, like, you know, these are perspectives where they're blind spots. Like, they must have blind spots. And so if, if you're someone who is aware of the blind spots of cynicism and as well as the blind spots of optimism... Um, and then you can navigate your way around them and wield the, the benefits of both perspectives. Is realism a thing? Because that might be something. Like if you like, wait, what is that? Pragmatism? Um, maybe that would be something like that because they kind of weigh both the options, but they do kind of have the added benefit, unlike nihilists, of, you know, thinking that things matter. I feel like cynicism and optimism runs kind of deep. Maybe it maybe it'd be useful for us to talk about what we mean about these terms. Mm -hmm. But I, what I'm, what they, the space that they occupy for me is is um, like an immediate intuition. It's sort of like a reaction. Like, oh, here's a new idea. It's probably not going to work. You know, that was <laughs> cynical, cynical view. Where where are the holes? Where have they messed up the assumptions? Whereas uh, you know, an optimistic view might be like, oh, this is a pretty idea. This is cool. Um, how can we develop it? You know, how do we? How could we make it work? And, mm -hmm. You know, the the blind spot um, for the optimist is not noticing the bad assumptions, and the, and the cynic would uh, the blind spot would be not realizing that the assumptions can be that the bad assumptions can be remedied and this idea can be developed i i i i, I think the a good a good just to use uh word like specific words that optimism leads to a naive potentially naive right. person yeah where if you're a cynic you usually come from a realm of realism 
which the issue with realism is you you don't see opportunity so like right. mm-hmm. the the, op, the 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 um the optimist um and then the, the naivety while well, the negative quality the positive quality is usually um not ambition but like more hope. willing more hope more yeah. willing drive because you have hope whereas the realism is uh, the, the negative quality, the realism that comes with uh, cynicism, the, the negative quality of that is, you know, no hope. <laughs> but like, is, is, right. um, is, is, so realism, uh, is that just the acknowledgement of like what the facts are and not necessarily an outlook on those said facts? Because like a cynic would be like, well, everything's broken and we can't do anything to fix it, right? Whereas a realist would be, well, here's the things that are broken. Right. And then an optimist would be, here's the things that are broken and we can fix them all. I think realists deal with probability. So, so right. this, they, they recognize that it's broken much like a, a, a cynic. They will just generally weigh towards the probability of that broken thing changing. Um, so they're so, less risky maybe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You can see that. This kind of leads into some, uh, something that, that, that interests me about the two perspectives, and that's that, uh, just going off of what you were just saying, Tyler, that uh, there's a naivety associated with optimism. And um, I think conversely there's, um, or contrapositively, uh-huh, um, there's a, a sophistication associated with, with cynicism. It's like, if you're cynical by default, then you're never going to look the fool, right? Uh, you're never going to like buy into an idea that's uh, that's that's not going to work. But will you buy into any idea? That's exactly. the, that's right. the extreme, right? Unless it's like a sure thing. Yeah, it seems to me as right. though like a cynic and an optimist have different beliefs in whether or not something's ever going to happen, right? Like, so a cynic is always going to tend to be, well, whatever you're telling me isn't going to happen, you know you're promising me like $10 an hour, it's not gonna happen, something like that. That would be the cynic's approach. Whereas like an optimist would always be like, yeah, I'm gonna get that that $10 or whatever, right? So it's kind of like, um, you might be naive, but it, at some at some level, it's, it's, it's good to have that, that faith and that drive because, so in some way it's kind of like strengthening because you're using, like, unless you're being taken advantage of, obviously, but that's the risk. Yeah. That's, that's the definite risk. But like, so long as you're, you're kind of taking care of yourself, I think being optimistic is, is a much better approach because at least you're, you're keeping that, that hope, but it is important to be skeptical rather than cynical because cynicism to me is literally negativity. Whereas skepticism Mm. is, is don't believe in, in, just whatever people are going to tell you it's constant critique yeah 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 so i think that's a it's it's cynics might be more skeptical but they also apply a very negative approach to how they view reality whereas i think optimists are they can be skeptical but they're always kind of like it's going to come through you know like i'm going to win the lottery one day kind of right there seems to be um you know as skepticism is uh, sort of an, an analog to cynicism. There seems to be um, to, to optimism. There's open-mindedness, maybe. 
So like the the, the optimist is more open minded. Would you say M- more optimi- open minded to like the idea that things are going to work? Yeah. Yeah, like 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 if I'm thinking back to like the the that that election that we just the the voting referendum more uh, optimists are more likely to say that this referendum will have a positive impact whereas a skin uh, it's not skinnic a, a cynic or a, skep, a skeptic will a skeptic will more likely to critique it and a cynic will be more likely to say it, it, it there's there's no way to work yeah it's always bad no matter what happens it's always going to be bad that's my kind of is skeptic right. yeah cynicism is very uh it's self-defeating i think that would be a huge critique I would have because if someone's cynical of everything, I think that's very demotivating just as a personal philosophy. Skepticism isn't necessarily because that's an acknowledgement of reality, but cynicism is just applying a negative filter, a dark blue filter to what you view reality to be. Can I jump in here for a sec? Yeah, sure. Cause, cause, cause <laughs> I, I, I realized where I realized that, um, a cynic, you have yes, you have this 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 blanket, and I and I don't want to really associate myself with you because I just don't like that attitude. Um, similarly, I guess I also don't like overly optimistic people's yeah. attitude because of like that that doesn't make any sense. But here's the other thing. Yeah, I, I also hate skeptics. Yeah. So who do I like? <laughs> because, because like there 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 are a lot of people who. They, I guess, right now, I, I, I hear, and by right now, I mean this last decade or so, that a lot of people are going more towards a skeptic's personality in terms of just being doubtful of everything. Which the issue I have with that is, I guess, now that I'm thinking about this out loud, is that um, you can have, I think, two types of skeptics, and one of them I hate. You can have the skeptic who questions everything. And you have the skeptic who critiques everything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm okay yeah. with the people who critique because it right. can be a discussion and a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, I do this a lot with Gunner when he, when one of us brings up some idea, the other one's like, what, what <laughs> crazy thing are you bringing up? Um, <laughs> but, like, I know a lot of people who identify as a skeptic and a lot of them, I'm just like, you're, you're spending so much time questioning and overthinking everything mm-hmm. um so that could I, I just kind of found it interesting where i don't i don't want to if, like if we're dealing with this triangle of skeptic optimist cynic they all have bad qualities and most of them i don't want to hang out with mm-hmm. <laughs> so so being and being at the edge of, of, of or being at any of the points on this triangle is 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 not it's not a good place to be. No, I don't think extremes are ever a good place to be. Yeah. If you ever identify with an extreme of any spectrum, that's a bad sign. Like you gotta, you, unless it's like I don't know. I can't. I honestly can't think of anything that would be good to be extremely something. There are like certain, certainly things nice, that aren't extremely nice people. They even fucking suck. Like you said, extremely <laughs> optimist people. They like they kind of get on your nerves. Like they're like little Jack Russell Terriers or something. They're just always yippy and like, kind of like want to go for a walk all the fucking time. And you just want to chill and be depressed and hang out. But no, these people are like, 
Yeah. So I, it, it's any not, extreme is bad for me. It's not even the chipperness that gets me. It's the, <laughs> it's the, it's the naivety. Yeah. Um, in turn, like from a bit, from a business perspective, um, the optimists are good because they like trying new things. They're also really bad because they are, they don't know when to, when, it, when, when the idea is not sticking. Mm hmm. And then they'll keep me right. like, well, we should keep trying. We should keep trying. We should keep. I'm like, no, like, no, you're this smashing is, your head against is, the wall. You're yeah. smashing your head against the wall. Never go into a graduate degree as an optimist. Yeah. Ever. No, don't do it. <laughs> Give up quick on stuff. It usually doesn't work. That's a, you, that's a lesson I learned quickly. You, you also <laughs> can't go into, so, so here's the other f funny thing. You go into a graduate degree as an as a, as a optimist. Uh, you will smash your head against a wall and go nowhere. If you go into a graduate degree with a uh, cynics view, um, you will be miserable. And it's already a generally considered a miserable place. Um, if you go into a graduate degree with skepticism, you will never you will never finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how do you get through a graduate degree? Multiple personality <laughs> disorder. <laughs> Officially, Silence. no. Oh, okay. that's, the, that's the official answer. <laughs> I believe every 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 doctor would be yelling at me for not for perpetuating that multiple personality disorder would actually do fix that. No, it wouldn't. No, um, just the, to joke people. The how do you get through it? You, I, you know, as Gunnar said, I think I think you have to be as close to the center of whether of this triangle slash square slash pentagon that we're creating of different <laughs> viewpoints um because you need to you need to and, and i guess to be someone who's very like tolerable you have to be able to like what what are qualities that you need you need to be like for me you need to be able to critique things you need to be able to know when to quit and when not to quit right and i in terms of a graduate degree those three things I think that's enough I, mm -hmm. that I can think of right now in terms of people I want to hang out with and associate with. I think that those are also the three things that I would like people to have. Mm -hmm. Be centric. Right. Be balanced. Nobody wants to be with someone who's just one or the other, or these extremes. I don't think. I feel like the, the, the underlying trait that is sort of required to be able to <clears throat> to be able to tread this triangular landscape or whatever shape we have um, and, you know, pick the right amount of cynicism, the right amount of optimism, the right amount of skepticism or whatever our polls are, mm -hmm. um, is, is self-awareness. Like, you need to have the self-awareness to be able to realize, okay, this moment right now needs, like, I need to back off. This, this idea doesn't work. Yeah. Um, I've wasted time. Dang. But... <laughs> got to step back um you know kind of helps to have like friends too that are like right real with you who can kind of do that for you because it is difficult to for a lot of people to be you know self-assessing and realistic with what they're right. saying because everyone has like personal biases and some of those could be really negative you could look at yourself in a really negative light you could look at yourself in a unrealistically positive light so having right. a bunch of people around you that are are honest and can say like hey like I think you're just, you're, you're digging in too much on this one thing. Like you need to let this go. It's not going to work. Like you need to fill your, your roster with people who are like kind of 
leaning towards being pessimistic or optimistic or like a variety of people. Or who can I, I critique think, you, honestly. Yeah, yeah. just, yeah, and, anything with an honest critique. Or you go or something. Mm-hmm. And then have some sort of personality whereby after you give someone a critique that you're willing to get critique back. Because as mm-hmm. recently happened, uh, I totally called Gunner out on some shit in the middle of the lab section and he defended himself quite well. And then I realized I was wrong. So... Nice. <laughs> like a lot, a lot, right. a lot of, a, a, a lot of people, um, while they are willing to critique, they aren't willing to get critiqued back, which is often hmm. some, some issue because it's like, well, here's my opinion. And then, you know, I'm just giving you my opinion. And some people get like, well, I, I don't think that opinion works in this case. And here's why. And I, a lot of people then get, defense about that they're like well i would just give you more options i'm like yeah but you know maybe my counter opinion is also wrong can Mm -hmm. you defend that yeah Um, yeah it's a back and forth yeah it becomes a discussion yeah it's kind of like the analogy people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones or whatever like if you're not going to take it if you're not going to be able to take the critiques just don't offer them right i would say and I would say if you're in a glass house, throw as many stones as you want. It'll become a modern art piece. Yeah. My house at this fucking point <laughs> is just a p- pile of rocks. So, <laughs> Wait, just, where's the glass? <laughs> it's, I, it's gone by now. I just like, it's dust, sand. I just kind of like pile some rocks on top of me and sleep in that. <laughs> I guess, I guess maybe we could talk a bit more about, uh, the, the blind spots of each of the, each of the, um, perspectives that we've defined cynicism optimism skepticism and f- maybe try and put together a uh, a way to um synthesize them all and overcome the blind spots yeah i'd say just get more people though yeah get more people that's yeah that, that's that's a pretty safe solution diversity is a really big thing i think and i think that's yeah. why you need a bunch of diversity in like a workforce for example because if you have yeah. a goal that you need to achieve like having optimists on your team, having all these people would be kind of the way that you'd want to approach it. So I think just getting a lot of people and people who have like diversity in, in ethnicity or whatever will eventually lead to diversity in, in viewpoint, personal philosophy. Right. So I think that's, that's probably the most important thing. Tyler, what do you think? How do you get overcome these things? How would I overcome the, 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 the boundaries? Well, my mathematician in me would uh, generate a, uh, a two-dimensional Cartesian graph. So you're with your X and Y axis. And okay. uh, I, I've been, literally, I've been thinking about this the entire podcast so far. <laughs> um, because, because, you know, I, I really hate triangular graphs. They suck. And uh, I didn't want a penta, uh, pentagram? Penta... Pentagrams a star, isn't it? Yeah, what's the what's five, the five sided polygon? Yeah, five sided polygon. I don't I don't okay. I don't want that either because that's just that's also a pain. Circle. Definitely don't want a circle. Have you ever tried <laughs> graphing on a circle graph? Those are those are miserable. Um so I, I, I like Cartesian <laughs> graphs, they're very uh easy to process. Which is just XY? XY, yeah. So I think on the like on the if we on the left side, we could say that as we kind of initiated the start, that is your cynicism on your right side. That or is pessimism. Your... Pessimism, I think is a better word, right? There's the same thing. I'm just being pessimism. Technically, is a I'm better just word. being semantic. Yeah. yeah. Pessimism is technically a better word. Um, and then your, your right side is definitely your optimism. 
I did like what we said at the start where your south, your, your south pole is uh, nihilism. And then what is the opposite of nihilism? Cool. I've been trying to think like what, what is the opposite of everything matters? And the reason no, nothing matters. Everything matters. Now. Yeah. So, so nihilism is nothing matters. Yeah. The other thing is everything matters. What is that? I don't know what that is. Is that a such uh, thing? I like that place. I don't think <laughs> it sounds like a because, good place. Because, yeah. because I was thinking with, with this graph, um, I think you then get, um, you can almost like, I'm, I'm trying to go through like every kind of um, moral stance or like categories people get put into. And I think with that system, everyone can be put in there. So for example, hmm. if you're, if you're, if you're what, and again, it's kind of depends on your perspective of your viewpoints of different political stances. Um, so if you're part of these stances, you might not think you're over here. Um, and that's, and we can, we can talk about that on Twitter, whatever you want. But from my viewpoint, if you're someone who identifies as a, as a, the internet's classic, uh, you know, that social justice warrior term. Oh yeah. That would Outrage be culture. That would be optimism. That would be max optimism, <laughs> max this matters. That's totally a good a point. Yeah. If hmm. you are if you are the 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 person who is the skeptic, I think you're max this matters, but you're max pessimist. Like nothing can be done about that. <laughs> if you are so so skeptics, skeptics or cynic, cynic. You're cynical that it'll happen. <laughs> It's hard with this terminology because well, skeptic, skeptic cynic, I, I think it's kind of the same because, because skeptic, I don't think that they are. I think skeptic is, <sighs> like I said, mm -hmm. it's, it's just doubtful, but the cynical is with the negativity. So, so, so maybe, so maybe skeptic is a less extreme cynic on that. I can see that. I'll agree um, with that. And then, so now I'm trying to think what's in the bottom right and the bottom left. What, who is someone who's really optimist, but nothing matters? An absurdist. Because those are the people Maybe. who, because there's there's this story about this guy who he has to, uh, he has Sisyphus. To, I, it might be Sisyphus. Who's the guy that has to climb a mountain with a rock every day? Yeah, that's, that's okay. Sisyphus. So there's the there's the story of Sisyphus, and and he's tasked by the gods, his Greek uh, gods, to to carry this boulder up a hill every day, and at the end of the day, it'll roll down, and he has to do this every single day. And, in, and and the moral of the story or something um, is that he should kind of be happy that that he's doing that because at least he gets to be around and enjoy, you know, life. And he gets to roll this boulder up a hill. And sure, it doesn't matter because it's just going to roll down at the end of the day. But I would say that, yeah, that's 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 the absurdist point of view. And then obviously the nihilist pessimist is just a serial killer. Like yeah. nothing matters. Everything sucks. <laughs> like you're, that's like yeah or like, so, or like yeah. or like you're depressed or that's, something in there. like that's yeah. your depressed quadrant that would be a dark place to go now it, now <laughs> now my question is if in this cartesian system is there anything that doesn't fit like just just throw out like a moral stance or a personality thing just say it and say where you think would be on the quadrant because i'm trying to think like if if with this four quadrant system i don't i think it pretty well nails it like yeah. the communism they would be kind of like communists they would be everything matters kind of up towards that end to be that first quadrant the top yeah, right the quadrant. top one so i would think the left the left would kind of be on the top end of the quadrant like political left spectrum and then the right maybe would be on the i don't want to say the right's all nihilists yeah but I, I, would, I, I would 
actually kind of say the opposite. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's tricky like, because uh, pol- political systems are typically always going to be on the top end of that spectrum. So I don't think that they necessarily fall into that so neatly as yeah. I want them to. Yeah. But it you would could, definitely... You, know, you, you, could do, you could do like a bubble. I think, the, I think bubble, like... They fit in this bubble somewhere. Yeah, like a capitalist <laughs> and a communist probably... Uh, like those viewpoints probably can be optimistic and everything matters at the same time. They're probably mutually exclusive. I'm a bit confused about the top right quadrant. Like how, my, my, my impression of social justice warriors say, um, is that they're, they're they're pretty cynical and like resentful Mm -hmm. and like nothing makes them happy. Everything's a problem. Yeah. So they're, uh, very pessimistic right but so, everything matters i agree with the i agree with that part so 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 i so yeah I, I for me i guess the way i use optimism or at least in this sense is i'm using optimism as someone who believes something will change whereas the opposite side of that the cynic which is why i kind of like the word cynic over pessimist the cynic is i don't think things will change mm-hmm. right because 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 i think pessimist and optimist i don't think but it's are, even are, it's, it's not even so n- exclusive to just change right it's just like glass half empty half full right yeah so 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 but but i'm like like and, a and, cynic a cynic would be like well i don't know if this glass is half full or half empty kind of like it doesn't matter yeah and and which is why <laughs> which is why like maybe that. when i talk about it i like i don't want dichotomous poles mm-hmm. like if, if you're if you're if you're which means if you're very right side your optimist side is if it's looking at things in a positive light and believing things will change like you kind of have that naive like you now have two c- criteria on that right mm-hmm. and some people can be max one criteria and low another criteria which is why i kind of you know those words are kind of dirty to put on a graph because there's multiple traits that go yeah. along with them yeah 100%. so so it's either you know do you do you, do you put on the right side things are uh things are likely to change versus things aren't likely to change mm-hmm. if, if, if those are your x if that's your yeah. x no, left that's and fair. right that works or is, or is it um your you want your x left and right to be a positive outlook versus a negative outlook. Mm-hmm. And I think that the willingness to change is a better axis than just a positive outlook versus a negative outlook, because I think that's where your, your Y axis, like those traits fit along those Y axis a little bit neater. Because if you, if you, if you, if you think, if you kind of think that things are willing are, are able to change and you know, things you matter, care going into you, it, you, you likely have more of a positive vibe, whether or not people, like that positive vibe is a different question but you generally will have a more positive look on things where if you're more more me which is more uh, uh nihilistic um then generally i will have a more negative people will consider my ideas and my thoughts and my speech a little bit more negative than other people mm-hmm. um so like for example a lot of the time um when you're when you're when i'm at work and i'm pitching my research ideas and um describing my research ideas and defending them i defend them from a very uh a negative light um i like i like is it different from skepticism yes yes um so so what i so i'm trying to i'm trying to it happens a lot um like for for example uh the the best thing i could think of is that um early on in my research um, I had 
uh, I do a lot of cell, cell work. So I have a bunch of different cancer cell lines. Um, and I had to choose a cancer cell line at the start of it. And unfortunately, when I say I had to choose, I didn't have to choose my predecessor on this specific research project who was working on it for several years and was um, having difficulty with uh, various aspects of it. They chose this certain cell model. And what ended up happening was a couple uh, months into it, uh, I like now that I'm getting up to speed on how this lab does research, um, I'm getting up to speed on the resources I have. Um, I'm coming from a very different environment, so I really know nothing. And I and I come across this um, this I this paper and this very widespread idea, which I had no idea existed, and needed in my lab, whereby the cell line that was chosen is not um, morphologically what we thought it was. So for example, just to, and I'm just gonna make things a little similar with cell lines people know, is for example, the cell line we started with, it's a cancer cell and a cancer cell is not very similar to normal cells. They, they have similarities, but they obviously aren't the same because they're proliferating and creating these masses that can be um, malignant or not, um, or cause damage or not. Um, and so we chose this cancer cell line that we thought came from, say, a neuron. Um, so a very basic uh, brain cell that causes um, essentially transmission of information between different parts of your body. Um, and we thought this was a, a, a we, 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 we did all our research based on this thing being a neuron and responding like a neuron because yes, while it's a cancer cell, it likely should respond the same if it came from a neuron. Um, there will right. be differences, of course. Um, and when science being science, um, we, it, it's too cost inhibitive when you buy a cell line and these last for years. So usually people just kind of share them around. Um, and a lot of these cell lines were derived from the 1960s and they're frozen in a, in, in, in a, in a cryogenic chamber in the United States. And you just buy them from there if you need, but for the most part, you just get them donated from other labs who've bought them before. And the issue with this is the cancer cells proliferate very fast, meaning that think of bacteria, when things proliferate very fast, they can also change genetically very fast. Um, and what ended up happening was that um, somewhere along the line, someone said, this isn't working as I think it should work. I'm going to spend a lot of money and I'm going to do some next generation um, genetic sequencing. And they gen genetically um, coded the entire cell. And they realized it wasn't a neuron. It was some other cell. <laughs> um, so we're like, oh, that's why it doesn't work. Um, so, so, so somewhere along the lines, depending on where you got do donated the cell line um, and how long they've been out, it's no longer a neuron. Um, so essentially the idea also now is if you, did, if you did want to publish with that cell type, you have to also pay for the sequencing to verify that it is still that cell type. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. And, and uh, so with all this background information, um, I found this out and I essentially said, I have to switch my cell type and redo everything. This, this sucks. Um, which wasn't too bad because the project wasn't too far in its phase because again, nothing was working because it wasn't a neuron. And anyway, the, the point I was trying to make was um, I talk about things very, very negatively. So um, 
when I when I had to propose to people why this didn't change, how I personally would say a, 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 um, a phrase is I said it as, um, in this and I said it as this. So according to this paper in 2012 and this paper in 2015 and all these other uh, all these other papers, this cell is not a neuron. Therefore, I have to change the cell I'm using because this is not publishable as is. Um, and I will have to redo all my experiments up to date to make it um, have publishable, defendable integrity for my thesis. Right. And, and, and that's how I said it. So the negativity helped you move that along? So in, in, so that's, that, that's me talking from a, a nihilistic kind of, um, kind of negative. Um, so, so I'm on that lower quadrant, um, like I'm on that left side. So I, I talk about things kind of more in a uh, cynic in terms of, I don't think things are likely to change and nihilist. So I'm talking about this more in a negative fashion. I'm saying everything we've done up to this point on this project is wrong. Mm -hmm. It is bad. Um, we have to change it to make it good. And, and, and that's instead of saying uh, some of this might be salvageable and might be able to work with it. Yeah. To, where, uh, so so I actually got in a lot of shit for saying it like that um, because essentially people took it as I'm insulting every other researcher who's been on this project because they didn't realize this. And I'm saying that their research is not purposeful. Mm -hmm. um, so what they wanted me to say, and it's been a, I'm still learning how to do this because I don't particularly <laughs> like looking at things this way, um, is because I like looking at everything in terms of what can be improved um, instead of versus being positive for no reason in my opinion mm -hmm. um they wanted me to say uh, what was it they wanted me me to say um going forward i am going to use this other cell type um as a neuron model to have two independent neuronal models that show the same effects mm -hmm. um what's if, the other one is the if, other one it's it's, it's 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 a it's a different brain cell like it's a completely oh, okay. different thing okay. Um, okay so let's just say for this for the sake of this it's a it's a it's a macrophage it's a white blood cell of some kind um so just to make that very dramatic extremes um so and, and they said well and, and 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 so yeah they want me to say that if going forward i'm going to redo everything with what is known as a neuronal cell and if that neuronal cell has um similar effects as this white blood cell we can then publish both where both information whereas i'm more like why don't we why do we need to publish both when we just publish one like it, did, it didn't really make sense to me um because i would sooner go neuronal cell and then take primary cells which are directly from um some sort of like a human brain from like uh tissues donated from cadavers or something um like that that's how i want to go but anyway they they, they wanted me to say in a way that didn't that didn't imply that I wanted to scrap everyone else's data. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, if I was more of a, on the optimist side, I would kind of say things more positively and like that way, like looking forward to the situation, having, having hope that they will be similar 
Whereas I just kind of already assumed that they wouldn't be similar with how I said things. I think, see, I think this is kind of, I, I, I want to push back on the idea that the, the X axis should be willingness to change things. And it should be just kind of personal responses to whether or not that's positive or negative mm -hmm. because, um, what you're, what you're, what you're describing here is, is, you're on the left side of things, mm -hmm. but you're still willing to make changes and, and work towards a goal. So it kind of is contradictory to me. So you can be very pessimistic and say, well, this research doesn't matter because it's not a neuronal model. N nothing matters, right? Um, we have, we're not gonna make a change or whatever. It's not gonna change anything. I don't think that's the appropriate way. I think a pessimist would be like, or sorry, that's how a pessimist would look at it. Um, Whereas the, the, the optimist would be, well, at least now we have data on this cell with these genetics or whatever. So at least we got that. Whereas the pessimist is just like, fuck it, throw it all out. It's garbage. Uh, light the lab on fire. We don't need it. It's all garbage. Yeah. Whereas, so I don't, that's where I, I, I don't necessarily think like an optim, you can be optimistic and pessimistic and still work towards change and, and making things different and, and improving them. But, but like it's it's all kind of how you filter things and and approach a situation like having figured out that this cell line isn't representative of a neuron and more representative of a macrophage well now you have all of this data on uh, how a macrophage responds to this and although it might have already been done uh replication in a in science is important so who knows i mean so we, we, so we need three axes yeah, I was going to say, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe we do need to throw that Z access in there that I didn't want to throw in there. Yeah, the third dimensional <laughs> one. Because it, it does seem to be a bit unreconcilable. Because I know pessimistic people who want to make the world better, yeah. but who are still just like, well, nothing matters. Because they've been so beaten by the world, yeah. and they've kind of given up on everything. And so they're just like, well, fuck it, nothing matters. But like, I'm still going to try because like, I got kids... I want to make them, even though I know shit's going to be fucked up, like, I just want to continue trying, like, even though nothing matters and I'm not going to make it or whatever, they still kind of are willing to make those changes and, and do things, right, and keep moving forward, so. So, so we need to figure out uh, the, the eight sections. Four quadrants isn't enough. I think it's activity <laughs> or, or, like, willingness to, to action or something like that would be would we'll have be, a diagram associated with this podcast we'll link to it uh, yeah it's gonna yeah, be like a yeah, so, so, scary so. three-dimensional diamond spinning like <laughs> I, was, I was trying to think about that those, the, fourth dimension, the fourth dimensional uh, uh tesseracts that yeah. that like fucking you can you have to animate them and they like go inside and outside of each other yeah that's what we'll have for this 10 dimensions um, <laughs> string theory yeah as always <laughs> I, I i think though that if you do have like positive outlook not positive outlook um, uh, nothing matters, everything matters on your y-axis. Um, and then your z-axis is action, no action. Um, I think that does clean, clean so cleans it up enough. How rough must it be to be those people who are like far left y, X, like far left x, bottom of the y and like bottom 
dead or whatever. Like just no action, nothing matters. They hate the world. Like I would hate to be in that situation. Yeah, they're the that most is, miserable people. And yeah. the people who are on the positive side of that are probably serial killers. Probably like, yeah, they, they're the type that go in and shoot up a school. Like nothing matters. I'm super no. pessimistic. No, 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 and, no, no. Because, because, and, be- and I'm going to do some shit Oh yeah, shit you're going to do it. something about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's go into a mall or something. Those are those people. Yeah, yeah I think scared. I think that cleans up every um, ideology and viewpoint. It puts it all in a nice, neat little box. Yeah, it's, it's literally a box. It's Perfect. literally a box. Well kind done, diamondy Us. kind of box. <laughs> yeah, where do you, where do you, where do our listeners fall into this box? Do you guys are you all nihilists? Do you hate the world? <laughs> I'm actually, I'm genuinely curious about. Do you want to take action? Do please, we, <laughs> please tell yeah. us. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> we we at this point all have Twitter, so you can tweet us where you lie in the box. And if you think there is deserving of a another axis to this, oh. like if we do really need to make it um, some sort of tesseract, <laughs> time, um, time dimension, please, please, uh, propose it to us on on, on Twitter on various uh, our social media handles because we are now officially all on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Tyler J Wenzel. Teo is, I think, just Teo. At Teo Giddy. Yeah. I'm Gunner Reese. G-U-N-N-A-R-R-H-Y-S. Yeah, you, you, you messed up everything. Is that your middle name? That is my middle name. Sorry. It was first name, last name. We had a brand going and I you think, just messed it up. <laughs> I think Gunner Lightner was taken. Believe it, there's really? two of us wow. in the world. Wow. Yeah. But and he beat me on the Twitter <laughs> game. <laughs> I'm not going to be Gunner Lightner 1 or some shit like no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> not doing that. Now the 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 crazy thing is at this point now as as we round out this podcast is I don't have to say in this in this one that everything is fact checked because we were just being philosophers right now. Shit, yeah, awesome. There, the, if, 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 you that, if, if you thought that um, the world could be uh, put into an X Y Z axis, I will tell you right now that that is a model, and there are likely more dimensions, um, <laughs> and. Before we go, just because it's a little bit um, on the uh, shorter side, and it is a new year. Over the break, over the holidays, did anyone find anything that they found very interesting that they would like to plug? No, clearly everyone does not want to plug anything. They're like, I did I never, nothing over Christmas, the holidays. Like, honestly, I played a lot of music, and I just didn't. I watch Ari Shafir, a lot of comedy. Oh, like, that's all I do. <laughs> There's a lot of really good comedy. There's so right much, now. man, it's on Netflix. Pretty like, fantastic. It is wild. I love Russell Brand's new thing. He has a new oh, yeah. thing. Joe Rogan had a new show come out a few months ago. Like Dave Chappelle, I could rewatch his old shit like a oh, hundred times. Yeah. I love Dave Chappelle. If if people uh, have like crave, oh, sorry, if people have crave, he is on Chappelle shows on Crave. So I love that. I watched cool. it. I grew up. Uh, it was amazing. I also watched a lot of uh, Tom Segura. Yeah, he's like great all, too. All of his specials, he's like that whole that whole uh, group. Bert Kreischer, Kreischer. I don't know fucking what his name is. He's dope. Right. Joey Diaz, man, I'm loving Joey Diaz. Is like Joey awesome. Diaz is like a fucking doctor. I love him. He's hilarious. <laughs> like he's great. So yeah, it's a great storytelling. I would I would plug comedians. <laughs> That's what nice. I did over the break. So I don't. I haven't really exposed myself to anything else. Awesome. I'm going to be uh, really, uh, really selfish and uh, promote my website and my music. <laughs> um, my website is uh, teogidi.com. You can find all my compositions and music there. 
You can stream it on Deezer and Amazon and Google. You can also download it on Amazon. It's really cool. I like listening to it. I like your, um, what is the, what is the, um, fuck. What is the album about the complexity of nature? I like that. Oh, the life suite for piano. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That one's really good. And I'm going to plug, uh, uh, as, as Gunnar noticed when he came to the podcast studio, um, because, because I'm such, and to set this up, because I'm such a, a nihilistic person and nothing else matters, and I generally look, outlook things in a very negative light. Sometimes I need some positivity in my light. Otherwise, I go into a dark hole of, why, oh, why, why am I doing this? Um, and I started watching out of um, a bunch of online posts i guess um people kept talking about the this netflix or show that's on netflix on netflix show but this is us mm -hmm. um and and for someone who's used to watching shows especially from netflix that generally have like every episode ends with something where everything's terrible and the character how are the characters gonna die next episode <laughs> or almost die um <laughs> this show generally ends with um a, a some sort of positive vibe um or at least you can see hope or um, you, you, you have some, you know, bad thing that, yeah, actually quite recently, you have some bad thing in the entire episode about some miserable topic um, about family um, loss or someone who is just so distant and can't show emotions to other humans. And, uh, and you're like, man, this is, this is a miserable episode. Um, and then the end of it is like... Um, you know, you, you, you cut your losses and you, you let go of this person who is um, generally miserable and can't make connections. And then through that, they found someone who's um, a much better, well-rounded person um, cool. and very positive, supportive, uplifting. Um, so, yeah, I guess every episode does have some sort of like positive hint to it. And it's just been generally a good time to watch. It's a really um, good show. Yeah, I, uh, Gunner cried. He, he let me know that information. <laughs> every every episode, the world um, can know. Uh, the the yeah, and like usually it's like I'm not I'm not into what people usually recommend. Like yeah. a lot of people, like previously, like just put it in perspective, the one that I got that I saw a lot of, like it was no one ever saying like you have to watch this. It was more just people talking about it. Um, and the one that people talked about a lot before was like the, the, the Sabrina or the Riverdale or like those kind I of. I fucking hate Riverdale. Those the dumbest the, revisitation of the Archie comics. Like get a life, people. They they turned uh, Archie comics into Pretty Little Liars, and I'm just I'm just like yeah, I don't need I don't need drama. If I want if I want just like over the top dramatic. They're not getting into ever. high school hijinks. Like Jughead's not off eating cheeseburgers. He's like fucking solving crimes and archie's killing people like fuck you if like oh. i don't even care that's spoiler alerts i don't even care that show doesn't even deserve my respect it's so stupid i'm pissed off i've been a long time like i used to read archie comics on the shitter all the time you have one of those to read next to there and and now it's just like pretty little liars like you said it's dumb i resent it so if you did actually want to show watch something that's more appropriate to that, um, the first couple of seasons of How to Get Away with Murder or even like Grey's Anatomy, yeah. like, like those are supposed to be over the top dramatic and mm -hmm. entertaining. Right. Um, and anyway, if you want some positive vibes, this is us. It's the only show that I've ever been that I can recall that is good throughout the so everything I've watched so far, and it makes me feel good. Another one actually is a Canadian show called Being Erica, but oh, that's a good show. You know Riverdale shot in Canada? It's just in uh, Langley. 
It's in Langley of yeah. all places. Yeah, yeah. I, Fort Langley, I, it has the, um, it's the high school or something. I know that they shot the, di- I believe the diner is a mission diner that I used to live right next to. Neat. Isn't everything shot in the Lower Mainland? Pretty much because the taxes. Vancouver's like the yeah. northern Hollywood or something. So it's pretty cool. It's a neat, neat scene. Come on. Slowly creeping into the Okanagan. Produce film in uh, Vancouver, Canada, where our Canadian peso is like 70 cents to the American dollar. You you get a 30% and, yeah. free move or 30% more movie by filming in Canada. And you don't have to pay taxes. <laughs> Plug in Canada. There yeah. we go. go. <laughs> so move to Canada if you're from anywhere else. It's really, it's really if you have a better dollar, it's really cheap. <laughs> so this is episode 015, a discussion on optimism and cynicism. Uh, if you again, if just to say one more time, please, if you if you if you think there's an extra access that we have to add, or you want to let us know where you fall, please, please, please tweet all three of us. Um, I'd like to hear or, uh, where you land. Uh, and we need to develop this uh, new uh, theory of psychology. I, I need I need this information. Three of us from, and our audience. Yeah, we need this information for Teo's inevitable philosophy PhD that he's going to go for. He's uh, <laughs> abandoning shit mathematics and. Uh, He's now jumping right into philosophy. Um, so to help us with the data analysis, please, please tweet us. Uh, but for now, this is episode uh, 015. We are out. Bye. See you guys. I don't want no lunch. All I want is potato chips. Potato chips. I don't want no lunch. All I want is potato chips.